0: fandom, that's new, this is episode 37 of Not Another Teen Wolf Podcast, and we are coming to you this week to do a bite-size in the hi- hiatus, we've obviously got a few of them coming up until January, uh, but we're coming to you this week to do a bite-size basically about the wonderful and terrible past performances, films and television shows and upcoming performances of some of our main cast on Teen Wolf, basically what we've seen, what we'd recommend, what we probably wouldn't recommend, all of that kind of thing. So just a bit of fun as well as maybe um, giving you a bit of a, like insight into some stuff that you might not have thought of watching if you want to hang out with the cast in the hiatus. Uh, well, sort of hang out without stalking them, you know, just hang out kindly through your screen appreciating them. (laughs) Um, As you can hear, Karen is here too, and it's just us two tonight chatting back and forth about the stuff that we watched or have seen. We watched some stuff especially, and there was some stuff we'd seen incidentally. We took turns watching some different things to sort of talk to each other about giving recommendations to one another. Uh, And then there's some stuff that we've also both watched uh, together, so can discuss. Yeah. So, hello, Karen. How are you this week? Hi.
1: Pretty good. A little sleepy this morning, but yeah. late but night.
0: Good. Uh, late night for Natalie today, and early morning for Karen. So, yep. Um, if you guys have seen any of the sh- any of the sort of media that we mention, or if you've seen something with the cast that I haven't seen or Karen hasn't seen that you would recommend. Uh, please weigh in in the comments, um, either on Twitter or on the Hyperple page um, or wherever you want to contact us, really. Email. Obviously, our email is natwpodcast at gmail.com. Twitter is natwpodcast as well. And our wonderful Tumblr is the full phrase not another teen wolf So, once you're done with this, please give us your recommendations about what kind of teen wolf cast uh, projects that you've enjoyed or thought were ridiculous or, you know, are really stoked for coming up. Yeah, because there's going to be some ones that I actually tried to watch but was not able to get my hands on, so I do have some more future plans uh, to keep watching things, as as does Karen and, and the other girls on another Team Wolf podcast, I'm sure, as well. So to start off with... Karen watched two of Dylan's movies, High Road and The Internship, which I have not seen. I've seen the first time, but I was not able to access High Road. We don't have Netflix in Australia. I think you have to have, like, a thing that makes your, like, IP address illegal or something. And The Internship I isn't out on DVD, I don't think, yet. And I only found, like, a weird camera version that didn't work. So... Basically, I couldn't get access to those two movies, so um, maybe we'll start off with her sort of telling me about what she thought of those and whether they were any good.
1: Yeah, um, I was actually pretty impressed by both. High Road is a very small indie film, and it's basically what it sounds like. It's about this guy who gets high all the time, one of his drug deals goes bad, and uh, he has to go on the road, and he sort of picks up this kid named Jimmy, played by Dylan O'Brien, along the way. And it's sort of like a road trip movie. And I usually don't like comedies. Not the biggest fan. I'd rather watch action movies where things explode and there's car chases and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, by the end of the movie, it kind of gave you the warm, fuzzy feeling. And I was like, oh, well, you know, that's not really that bad. And, um, as far as, like, Dylan's role in the movie, it was, it felt a lot like Styles. I don't know if it was because this is really sort of, like, the first thing that I've seen him in other than Teen Wolf, like, the first major thing. This was the first one that I watched. And so I don't know if I still had, like, Styles in my head too much or what, but I basically, I said on Twitter, like who he plays in the movie is basically what Styles would have been like if he didn't have, like, a super awesome dad like Papa Stilinski. Mm -hmm. I saw a lot of the same sort of qualities and circumstances as uh, Styles from Teen Wolf. But overall, it was a pretty good movie. I'd recommend it.
0: Cool. I am going to try and get a hold of that. So that was, like, his first major picture besides Teen Wolf, like, filmed at the same time as, I think, around the same time he got Teen Wolf. Whereas The Internship was one of the ones he got, like, kind of a big budget comedy when he was starting to sort of make a name as a very promising young actor. Obviously, it's like the Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson uh, movie. How much of a role did he have in that?
1: It wasn't huge, but he was one of the like they they form a team in the movie. Um, basically, if you guys don't know, the internship is about Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn's characters who get laid off as salesmen and they decide to go for an interview for an internship at Google, and they get they land the position to audition for the internship and basically like they have to go through these series of challenges and stuff and they form a group and Dylan's character Stuart is in their group. So he's throughout the entire movie. But it's definitely focused on, like, Vincent Owen's characters. But he is there the whole time. And he plays this, like, hipster kid who's always on a cell phone. And it's wonderful. <laughs> he, was, he was pretty good in it.
0: I've seen a lot of GIFs and stuff. And he looks very cute in it. He looks yes. real nice with the glasses and stuff. Yes. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Like, is it, is it worth watching? Is it stupid comedy? Is it clever? Like, is it, you know. You know what? I I don't know if I would say
1: like it's clever or anything, but like I said I don't usually like comedies. I really enjoyed this movie. I like Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson, you know, I could give or take watching movies mm. with them in it. I don't really care either way, but I really liked their characters in this and by the end of the movie like it was it was really fulfilling. And I liked the story, and it wasn't ridiculous. You know how, like, a lot of their movies or a lot of the comedies are, like, over the top? This wasn't. This was actually really heartfelt, and I liked it a lot.
0: Yeah. No, that's really good, because I was going to say, I've seen Vince Vaughn pull off some pretty good stuff in movies where it's just been him by himself. And Owen Wilson as well, like, he's kind of known for the, like, um, like the slapstick over the top comedy but he's also really well known for like the Wes Anderson movies that he's been in which are very dark, like dark comedy so they are sort of typically together a bit, you know, seen as a bit of a stupid comedy thing so I, I didn't know, but individually I've seen them both do pretty good work so it's cool that this one was not, not too silly and um, I am going to get that when it comes out I have been looking forward to it, I didn't get to see it at the cinema I don't think it's still out at the cinema here I mean, sticking to Dylan. Did you see? You haven't seen the first time yet, is that right? No, I have. I watched oh, it have. last night. Oh, That
1: okay. may be why I'm really tired this morning. Oh, right. I I'm just like 1:30 watching okay, it. Okay, yeah, I
0: see. Yeah. Um, it's. I saw that a couple of weeks ago, and I. I liked it. There were bits of it that were a little bit, like a little bit heavy-handed. Like, there are. I come across like films, and and books sometimes that you can just t- sort of tell that the people that have written it are kind of like they're trying too hard to make it like their idea of like what a certain genre is meant to be, if you know what I mean. They're, the tropes and stuff don't feel 100% natural. And and this had that a tiny bit, but it also like completely overpowered, like overpowered um, that aspect was actually to me how natural it felt the – Two leads, Like, the first time um, is obviously, like, a high school, like, coming-of-age movie about, like, these two teenagers who lose their virginity together over a weekend. But I was really shocked with that movie by... And this is obviously something that not everyone has experienced, but you sort of sometimes read books or, like, see movies where characters, like, fall in love super fast, and you're like, that doesn't happen in real life. And this didn't like fall in love in this movie they got together in this movie but like from experience like from in, in high school and something that I did see happen and have happened very much is like sometimes like in like a weekend or a very short period of like a couple of days sometimes you do meet someone and it's like you literally spend, like, a few days in a row with them and it forms this really intense relationship straight away. Like, that's happened to me on multiple occasions. And it's not like a movie moment, rom-com, like, falling in love at first sight. It's just, like, a a, it felt to me like a very realistic teenage experience, like, when you're just sort of into someone and you just... um, you know maybe you meet them and then you you know you all have a, like a sleepover at a party and then you're sort of still hanging out the next day and like just like big long like 3 day hangouts that was like such a thing in my life and and I've never really seen it done as well as I saw it done in this movie and some of the dialogue yeah. some of the dialogue I really liked all of Dylan's stuff was very good um I really loved the stuff with the little sister and um her, some of her stuff like uh the Britt Robinsons characters kind of quirkiness, that was the only bit of it that felt kind of, kind of tropey and forced, but I did like her, and, and they were very, very cool together. So did you enjoy it?
1: Yeah, I really liked it. I didn't think I would, um, just because, like, the sole focus of the movie seemed to be on, like, the romance and them getting together and stuff like that, but I was really impressed. It was, I agree, there were a couple of moments that were like, you know, you're going maybe a little too far with this or some of it seemed like a little bit cheesy, but those spots were really, really minor. And I think the way that they handled it was really good for the rest of the movie. And I had never heard of or seen Britt Robinson in anything before Robertson. Mm. And I, I really liked her character and I thought her acting was fantastic. So I was, I was pretty impressed.
0: I loved his two friends And, like, the way that they kind of talk, especially at, like, the party, I think, on the second day where he's trying to, like, convince her not to, you know, go home with Randy or whatever. There's just, like, such an amazing line at this one point that I can't, I genuinely can't remember it. But I I paused and I was, like, laughing for about a good few minutes. Also, like, he's, he's kind of friendship with um, Victoria Justice's character as well, Dylan's, and how it kind of got like weirdly intense and then faded out as well. Again, that kind of thing is often done in movies like, and it makes you feel like rushed and like, oh, people change emotions so fast. How is that possible? But this is the first teen movie I've seen in a really, really, really long time that actually seemed natural in the way that, as I said in my experience, like getting into someone really quickly happens like often movies make it too magical and romantic as opposed to just kind of oh this is happening and this is just so naturally done that I was really quite surprised and it was a cool like it was a cool movie it was like it was a little bit heavy-handed like the bit like there's a bit where they kind of evaluate their lives because like they see like some guys one night driving around in the van and then the next night they realize that those people like crashed their van and were probably all dead or in hospital. And it's, it's very like, that's kind of very heavy handedly done of like, Oh, we've got to live life. But aside from that, it was kind of one of the genuinely most natural, uh, teen movies I've ever seen. Like the often I've, I've said this about shows before is that sometimes you can't, really show people acting the way that they do naturally on television because it's just not – it either hits too close to home or it's just not, like, dramatic enough for storytelling, like, you know, purposes, and that you very, very, very really act see people acting on TV in a way that is a genuine representation of people's choices and the kind of way that they'd respond to things. Like, it's, it's a perfect – you know, it's a perfected version. It's a version where they get to, you know, make up time to think of what they're going to say and make up, like, these perfect moments. And this was, like, very imperfect in, in that way. Like, it was very, things went well, things went badly. And it was just, yeah, it was just so real, and I really liked it. And I liked the ending, and Dylan was, yeah, very, very attractive in it once again. Um, <laughs> all, all both Both that and, I'm assuming, the internship, I think he's playing a character that's, you know, obviously older than Styles, and uh, in their first time, one thing I really noticed was he's really confident, like in his body, like he's he's someone that's like, and I, I, he has this on Teen Wolf as well. But on Teen Wolf, he's so anxious all the time, but he's just so comfortable, like in his body, and the way that he sort of uses his hands and like he fit sounds stupid, but he fits in his own skin so well, and I think the first time showed this the the best out of anything I've seen him do, but he just, he's just so cool, like he's just so comfortable in his own body, and I don't know if he's like that in person or if it was like a part of the character, but I've very really rarely seen someone kind of so, I, can't, I don't even have words for it, I was sort of tweeting about it at the time, but I just, yeah, there's just something incredibly settled about him and his sort of... Place in in the world, and I I'm sort of sound like a weird philosopher or something, but it's <laughs> it, it just really struck me in a way that people people just usually sort of exist, they just sort of are, and they're not like they're not like particularly comfortable or uncomfortable, they just are. Uh, but there's something about him that I was just like, you're really unusual for especially for someone your age and stuff. But anyway, yeah, I I would recommend. What one did you like the best out of all three?
1: Oh, that's tough. I think in terms of like just a movie I would say The Internship mm-hmm. but in terms of Dylan's performance I would say The First Time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I have not seen the other ones to compare but I shall uh I shall get back to that. You get back to you at that time. Uh, <laughs> get back to to you all about about which I liked. But yeah, I genuinely loved The First Time and I'd heard mixed reviews. I'd heard like that it was like mm-hmm. not that great and blah blah but i i really liked it. I guess maybe we can look at Posies now. I watched White Frog which is a again a recent um movie uh, it was made like last year and it's i've ac- I'd actually been uh, keeping an eye on this movie for a while because uh Harry Shum Jr who played Mike Chang in Glee was sort of one of the one of the leads in this movie and he he was sort of advertising it a bit, like, in his Twitter, and we put a couple of articles about, like, the release of it on Hyperball. It was a movie that didn't really have a very wide release. It had, like, f- film festival releases, and then I think it went to, like, DVD, or you could, like, watch it on their website. It's not a very widely spread film, but I really, really liked it. It's sort of a – it's a teen – it's a movie about teenagers, but it is – much more of a serious topic than um Dylan's movies so far at least, uh, I think it's basically about this family um that have two sons, one who's kind of a he's like a senior, he's like eighteen, and then the younger brother who's fifteen who has like pretty severe asperger's syndrome, and the the older brother is like the only person who's really close to the younger brother and the family. Uh, not unaccepting of him, but they, like, kind of try and normalise him as much as possible, and, and the older brother sort of mediated a lot of stuff. Anyway, what happens basically to start off with is that quite early into the movie, the older brother is is killed in a road accident, like riding his bike, and the, the story of the movie is the younger brother who's played by um, Boo Boo Stewart who played um, Seth in Twilight. The older brother was um, Harry Shum Jr., and basically him coping with, like, living after the death of his older brother and discovering, like, uh, a lot of his brother's, like, secrets because his brother was a lot... There was a lot his brother was basically hiding from the family because it had this they had this very sort of perfect image. It, it was, like, quite a rich family, like, very, you know, sort of good reputation and stuff. And what happens is the older brother, who was called Chaz, his group of friends that he used to go out with every Friday come... And And they sort of start bringing Nick the younger brother into their circle, they kind of try and look after him for chaz and and sort of through that he ends up learning stuff about his brother and- Tyler Posey plays Doug, who's one of the friends of chaz he's the he's the first one who's really compassionate towards Nick, like he has a very um Chaz had a very 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 close friend um one of the other guys in the group called. I think Randy, I can't remember, um, but he was kind of very, always very brash and like, no, about Nick and, and his Asperger's and being like, you know, I don't want to deal with this, and we kind of see why that is later. But Doug is this very, very compassionate, kind dude who's like, guys, you know, he he's the one that sort of starts picking up the younger brother and sort of driving him around places and, you know, making him their friend. And then it's it's a really nice movie. It has quite a few twists in it in the sense of like, different reveals and 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 you kind ca- it, it kind of keeps you guessing for a while like for example for a while you think that he's discovered like one secret and then you kind of re- it's, it's not like a mystery it's not like oh he was a murderer or something but you kind of think you know where it's going and, and it's not it again was a little bit heavy-handed in the sense that it would have made a brilliant book it wasn't based on a young adult novel but if if the story had been written as a young and young adult no- novel you wouldn't have read it and thought, oh, this is really heavy-handed. But you know how sometimes stuff in books, when it's done on screen, can come across a bit more over dramatic. but it doesn't seem like that when you're reading it. But if you actually got yeah. someone to say those words out loud, it kind of is a bit stupid. There was a little bit of that to it, a little bit of that, like some of the sort of choices that they made to have the way that made people react was not very natural. Um it's very mild like it's it's but but I, but i did notice when i was watching it i was like this would have not come across like this if it was written but like seeing someone sort of act this out like is is kind of like a little bit heavy handed regardless it has a great message and it's kind, it's kind of one of those like specialty films it is a film about asperger's like it's you know there's scenes with the kids therapists that are kind of like a psa you know to people about about Asperger's and stuff like that. So, yeah, again, a little bit heavy-handed, but very, very nice. Tyler Posey's character is, you know, probably the nicest person in the film. And, um, yeah, he is in it quite a lot. But, you know, Harry Shum Jr., who is one of my favourite people from Glee, Boo Boo Stewart, who played Seth in Twilight, who was, like, the best character in the Twilight series, if you've ever read them, the only (laughs) character. Even, Even Leo, my roommate, who hates, like, literally hates Twilight. I think it's like no redeeming qualities. She's just like she's just like I love Seth. Like Seth is the best um, because yeah. he is um, every like and all of the cast is really good. Like B D Wong who was in um I think Law and Order. He's the dad of the family. Tulula Riley is one of the girls in it. She, she, her and and Greg Sulkin is another friend of the the brother and those people. Tulula Riley and Greg Sulkin are both British actors. They play. They play Americans in the film, but they're both people I know from, like, British culture and British TV, and they're both really cool. So I definitely recommend tracking this down. It's very kind of – I think it's a very progressive film. It's, like, written by, like, a mother and daughter, like, very – it's it's the kind of thing we don't see enough of in the sense that, like, being um, Harry Shum Jr., Boobie Stewart, Beanie Wong, it's, a, like, an Asian family, a Chinese family, but it's not, like, a movie about Chinese people, if you know what I mean. They could have just – I think the casting call could have been open for the main kid, and the fact that they got this kid who's Asian means that they cast the rest of his family as Asian, and it's not not right. that big a deal. Um, it's it kind of reminded me of like the random sort of non-commentability of kind of progressiveness in Teen Wolf, and it just being a movie about people, but it's not like all white people. If you know what I mean. In fact, I think there's only like one white main character, but it's not like a niche film for the Asian culture or anything like that. It just happens to be about an American Asian family. And I I really liked that. Uh, and I think that, that aspect of making films is kind of the best way to to go about things. And this is just a really, really good example of like if you're into movies that just have a range of diversity without it being a big, massive deal without it being sort of the focus of the film, like this is about diversity issues it just happens to be very diverse because it's like a family living in California um it it's a really good example of that and it has it has some queer aspects as well like there's a couple of queer characters and it's yeah all in all yeah would definitely recommend to anyone who likes a good movie about issues some of the stuff was really nicely said like the writing was was very good so yeah if yeah if you can get your hands on this movie it's an independent movie. I mean, it is available. Like, it's probably available for download, but I know that their website has it, like, for sale as well. So, it's an independent film. So you should, yeah, check that out. I think it's it's really cool. Awesome. Then we both watched Young Tyler Posey at age like nine or ten in uh, Made in Manhattan, which I watched. Yeah. <laughs> I watched recently. I watched on purpose for for the purpose of this, and and Karen has seen before. So how much do you remember about Made in Manhattan?
1: Uh, Not that much. I mean, obviously, like, you know, when I I, I watched it back when it came out, pretty much. So I mean, I had no idea who Tyler Posey was or anything. So he doesn't really stick out in my mind. I'm not the biggest fan of J-Lo, huh. either her music or her acting. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember enjoying the movie, but it wasn't, like, you know, anything groundbreaking. But, yeah, yeah what was it like watching it, knowing who the kid was now? It, it was
0: cool. I mean, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of J-Lo's acting either. I will say for this that, like, she did very, like it's probably the thing I've liked her in the most as an actress that she's, it didn't look like, Oh, I'm looking at a pop star pretending to be a hotel maid. Like, especially the way that she interacted, like with her other like peers in the movie, like the other people that she worked with. It was, she played the part a lot better than like, I've seen her play many a role in, in movies. Um, it was really good. Like, I I love movies that are, like, set, like, on the street, New York, like, on location, New York movies. I love any pretty much novels or movies about people who work in certain industries in New York City. Like, I've got so many series of books that are about, like, people who work at newspapers in New York or people that, like, work or live in a hotel in New York. Hotel culture in New York City, I don't know why. I think it's ever since I watched Home Alone 2 as a child. It's my favourite Christmas movie. I'm obsessed. And... I so I love all of that kind of stuff. It's really it's a weird weak spot of mine. Like I've got lots of like chick lit books about like stuff like that. And yeah, I really really liked it. um, Like looking at New York in the film and all that kind of stuff. But the cast is amazing. Like besides from Jennifer Lopez, who whatever. The main guy in it is Ray Fiennes, and he's quite brilliant. He was good at it, except for the fact that his character was still kind of British, though he was running for senator of. Like the New York state. Like I think his family was like American, but maybe he they had no explanation for like why he still had like a vaguely British accent at all. Um, and then two of the other kind of side characters, both of whom, um, Tyler got to act with. He obviously got to act with Ray Fiennes a lot. Uh, were Stanley Tucci and Bob Hoskins, who were both really, like, renowned. Like, Bob Hoskins was, like, the butler of the hotel, and Stanley Tucci was, like, the aide of the politician, and Ray Fiennes was the politician. And I was like, these are really good actors. This is really clever. The writing was better than I remembered, and I looked it up on Wikipedia. Apparently, it's a concept, like, the story concept was actually done by John Hughes, but it wasn't credited as John Hughes. It was credited as a pseudonym, and it only came out later that it was like, one of his movies, like, one of his stories, so it's better than expected, but John Hughes is sort of the master of, um, you know, 80s, 90s romantic comedy, so that was, that was cool. Tyler was cute in it, he was very, it was not as forced as some children's, you know, acting has been, he was, he was very, he was young, like, he was only nine or ten, it was not as, I, I watched, um, another movie uh, later, which we'll talk about, with which had t- Tyler Hecklin as a young kid, and he was phenomenal. Uh, Tyler Posey, this his role was to be there and, like, be cute and enable, like, his mum and the <laughs> politician. Like, but he was cool. Like, he, it was... I, I forgot that the character was, like, weirdly quirky. Like, he's meant to be, like, quite gifted, and he's obsessed with, like, the 60s and 70s. Like, he's, he had to do a speech on Richard Nixon, and he, because of that, he's, like, obsessed with... Richard Nixon and like like sixties and seventies music, like he's constantly listening to all this old music, and so that was kind of funny. The other thing I found hilarious was that Ray Fine's character was um like he was a politician, like a, a a running for senator, and he was a Republican, and it was kind of this big thing. They were like, oh, make sure you know if you're going out with this woman, you know, make sure she's not a Democrat and stuff like that. And I'm like, they could never do that now and have people actually like this movie, like <laughs> like no. No one wants to watch a rom-com about a Republican. I mean, maybe in the early 2000s it wasn't wasn't as big a deal, but I was just like, yeah, the world is in a slightly different place now and it's not, like, (laughs) generally. I mean, plenty of people are Republicans, but, like, generally you don't see, like, some cool progressive guy who's going to go out with a maid and who's, like, doing benefits for, like, people in the housing projects in the Bronx, like, being Republicans. Like, they have such a bad name now because of um the bush era i guess and it yeah i just i just found that aspect weirdly hilarious i mean i'm not even american but i just found that really funny for some reason um because i i think it wouldn't work now like i think i mean maybe that's why it was a big deal like that he was slumming it even more because he was a republican and this woman was like a, a maid and not of the upper class but it doesn't suck like as a romantic comedy, if you like looking at stuff filmed on location in New York and stuff like that, it really, it really doesn't suck. And I was surprised at how much of it I remembered. Like I obviously didn't know Posey as a kid. When when I sort of looked him up when he, you know, I watched Team Wolf, I was like, oh, that's that kid from that. But I was surprised how I was surprised how much of the movie I I actually remembered pretty clearly. Yeah, I definitely recommend it if you like those kind of things. And as I said, the cast aside, you know, J Lo aside is pretty phenomenal so yeah stanley tucci especially really amused me um
1: and i love stanley tucci so much
0: yeah so you should re-watch it like soon
1: yeah it'll be interesting
0: (laughs) okay tell me about one of the others that you watched i can't believe you watched mortal kombat oh my are you serious well i don't know i I don't i don't know i don't know video game things like i know that like some of them have really intense characters like I, I know that I remember my brother used to play Tekken a lot, and the and all of the Tekken characters have like backstories and stuff. So, but I don't know about Mortal Kombat, so.
1: Oh, okay, I grew up on Mortal Kombat, the video game. My cousin used to play video games all the time, and he was way into Mortal Kombat, and he was, being the generous cousin that he was, let me sit there and watch him fight people. And so I just, I've always loved Mortal Kombat. I I love the movies. They're absolutely ridiculous. They're, I mean, the effects are really bad. They're, like, something out of, like, Power Rangers (laughs) with the bad guys sometimes. Oh, my God. It's, yeah, it's... It's 1995. Just imagine 1995 effects. Mm-hmm. But the characters are interesting. The The story isn't that bad. The dialogue isn't that bad. But, I mean, nobody watches these kind of movies for... The dialogue, they watched it for the fights, and the fights were really good, but Lyndon Ashby, who plays Papa Stilinski, he played Johnny Cage, who is a major character in the Mortal Kombat world, Mm. and he's just this American sort of superstar actor who actually, like, does know how to fight, and Mortal Kombat is basically about this tournament that happens every generation, and it's all these mortals come together to fight and if this one guy, like if his main fighter wins 10 times in a row, they get to take over earth and like, it'll they'll like own it or something. It's it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But basically this is the 10th fight and they have to fight to win to be able to save their planet. But Lyndon Ashby was the Best thing about this movie, and I'm not even saying that as somebody who loves him on Teen Wolf, who loves Teen Wolf in general. He was really good. He was snarky and arrogant and hilarious. All the comic (laughs) relief comes from him, and his fighting was really great, and he was just phenomenal in this movie. And I've seen this movie a bunch of times, but this is the first time that I watched it since like seeing him on Teen Wolf and first of all he is so young in this movie at first you're like wait is that him but no it's definitely him but he's just oh he's so good you have to watch it Natalie Okay I'll, watch it.
0: I'll I'll try <laughs> I'll try um I did see like yeah because I looked up everyone sort of like Wikipedia and IMDb to see like what what um what different things they'd been in and stuff like that and like yeah he I did see like a screenshot of it, and it looked hilariously low budget and tacky. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think though, like, I mean, movie aside, at least watch it for Lyndon's part because he is genuinely very, very good in this movie.
0: Okay, I'll try. Also, because you watch everything and imbibe everything you can to do with gods ever, I presume that you watched the Immortals, like Daniel Sharman. Uh, thing I know he's not a lead, but the movie Immortals.
1: Yeah, um, I do. I try to watch everything about Greek mythology, read everything that I can because I love it. Look, Immortals is a terrible movie. It is so so bad. All the gods are dressed up in this like outrageous golden armor. Like Daniel's character, I forget who he plays. Like Ares,
0: I think. think. Ares, yeah. he does. Okay. According he to Wikipedia, this, yeah. He has
1: this huge helmet on, and he looks ridiculous, and the whole movie is just really bad. I would not watch it again, and I wouldn't even recommend it unless you want to see it for Daniel's part. Um, it's just a really bad movie in terms of, like, Greek mythology. And even just in general, like, the fighting and stuff was just, I didn't care for it. Um, Daniel, though, I mean, he did fine. Like, it wasn't a huge part. It was cool seeing him, but uh, I don't think it would really be, you know, on the top of my recommendations list.
0: Mm. Well, yeah, I um I am not not so sold on that, I've got to say, yeah. The um, thing I really want to watch Daniel in that I have not seen yet and could not find I, again. I think I think the only way to watch this is if you buy the DVD directly from like the pub, like the publishing company because it's not anywhere on the internet. And it, like it's clearly like not a wide release. Is a British movie that he was in. Obviously he's British. Called The Last Days of Edgar Harding, which seems to be a thriller. Yes. Uh, pardon? Have you seen it? Or...
1: No, no, no. I've heard of it though. I mean, I've seen the clip that's going around the internet of well... him kissing other boy. I
0: didn't I did I, see that. I didn't know it was about that until I, I looked it up. I, I've seen a lot of gifs of like him basically being a rock star like with a skinny tie and eyeliner and I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'm kind of here for that. But basically it's about, <laughs> it's a thriller movie about the like, murder of a record producer, like a big name record producer. Presumably these people are on his label. and. Maybe he's the killer. Maybe Daniel's the killer. We don't know. Um, I I genuinely don't know. But yeah, I so, the only thing I've seen is yeah, a snippet of him like shoving a guy up against the wall and snogging him. So that's nice, I suppose. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I'm keen on anything with like him in being in a rock band. So I, I I'm quite quite keen to get a hold of that. If anyone has seen that um and knows how to get a hold of it, please let us know. Um, have you seen... Yeah, him? especially since, like,
1: his character seems so, so different than other things that I've seen him in, yeah. I mean, I think that's what I'm most interested in, because it, it kind of expands you know, like, what I see him as an actor, it just feels really different.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, what was the thing that you saw, other thing that you saw Tyler Posey in that you mentioned here, the giving tree?
1: That's a funnier Die short.
0: Oh, okay. I have not seen that one.
1: Okay. It basically, it's just about this tree that, like, attacks these people. And <laughs> it's sort of like this trailer for this movie, The Giving Tree. Mm-hmm. And um, Tyler's, like, the main guy in it. And then there's a girl. I don't remember her name. I don't think I really know who she is. And they're just basically, like, running from this tree, and it, it's supposed to be scary, but, you know, as always, it's very over the top, and then the end is kind of funny, Um and it was just, I mean, it was good. It's only a couple of minutes long. It's funny. I think it's worth the watch, and uh everybody was, this came out, I think, I don't know if it came out after the season finale. It was, it was after we learned more about the Nemeton, because everybody was like, oh my god, the Nemeton is attacking them, and <laughs> oh, it was okay. really. <laughs>
0: I mean, I've seen, like, he's done a few, like, single episodes of TV shows, and I I find single episodes of TV shows quite difficult to watch unless they're, like, procedural crime things, which I'll get to in a moment, because I feel I I need to know the plot to understand anything, but he seems to have done quite a few, like, comedy shows and things like, uh, do you think that he could be, like, a full-on, like, comedic actor, like?
1: You know what? I I think he could. I his personality what what I know about him kind of lends itself towards that. Mm. And I think like he doesn't have a super comedic role in Teen Wolf. Mm. I mean, he's funny. He definitely has funny lines, but mm. you know, where Dylan is sort of like the comedic relief, Tyler is a bit more serious. But the little bit that I've seen from like gift sets and pictures and stuff on um on Tumblr and stuff like that, he seems like he's leaning towards that. He's been in a lot of comedic stuff, mm. and I I think he could pull it off. I think he could have a, a good job of doing both, actually, both dramatic work and comedic work.
0: Um, yeah, like, I always think that, yeah, that his personality, he could do, um, yeah, he could do some pretty good, like... Kind of like adult comedy, like not like, yeah, not necessarily like teen style comedy, but maybe like, like I could see him maybe like later down the line in like a Judd Apatow or Apatow, I don't know how you say his name, movie, that kind of like, <laughs> that kind of thing. Like not necessarily like stoner comedy, but like, yeah, kind of ad, like adult based, something where he was like allowed to use sort of more adult humour, I think I could see really well. I, we've got some, a couple of more movies to mention and then, Um, We've got some, like, single episodes of TV shows, um, some series that I've seen, some that Karen has seen, to talk about. I watched tonight uh, Road to Perdition, which is Tom Hanks movie, Uh, and basically it's uh, set in the 30s, and he's an Irish mobster from Chicago who basically, the son of his boss is, like, super unstable, and he um, shoots, like, two members of Tom Hanks' family, and him and his older son, who's played by Tyler Hecklin at probably age about 13 or 14, basically, like, go on the run for six weeks and try and, like, cause revenge. And I was expecting, like... I- I've sort of seen clips of this before. It was a very famous movie, like, at the time, and Tyler Hecklin apparently beat out about 2,000 or 3,000 other, like, young, unknown kids for this role. Um, and he was really good, like, in this. It was... Like, it really surprised me. I mean, the opening shot was him, like, standing... With his legs apart, like soulfully staring out at the <laughs> sea. And Leo, who was watching me, goes, she's like, Derek! It's Derek! He's standing with his legs apart. Uh but no, it was it was really, really cool. Like Tyler Hecklin, look, bless the man. But before between Road to Perdition and Teen Wolf, even in kind of in Teen Wolf, his stuff has been a little bit like over dramatic. He's been in some really bad low budget movies which I have not seen but my friend Audrey assures me are the worst movies of all time. Um including yeah, one I've... called Grizzly Rage and one called Open Gate where he's like a bull rider, oh, like a cowboy. <laughs>
1: I think he's a bullfighter. fighter. I that's on my Netflix queue. I was going to watch it for this, but honestly, I couldn't bring myself to do it because I've heard just terrible things really about it. Apparently, real
0: bad. And yeah. I, don't,
1: I don't. Do you know if it's like the movie or if it's his acting? Well, I don't know. I, I just
0: don't understand because this Broke to Petition was very renowned, and he got nominated for awards and stuff for it. So I don't understand why he didn't get picked up for like better things. Um, <laughs> I I just don't. But. Yeah, I know The Open Gate is about like, yeah, he's in like a bull riding ring and, and then it ends up being like about drug smuggling and then he gets a broken arm. That's that's what I got about that movie. <laughs> um, I've, I've seen GIFs. Um, but, yeah, Road to Perdition is, so it's set in the 30s, so it's like a period, like a costume drama. Um, And basically it's him and Tom Hanks driving around, like kind of father and son who don't really know each other that well because like fathers in the 1930s, especially like fathers who – are in the mob when their children don't know they're in the mob, probably like weren't that close. Basically the mother and the brother are killed and they sort of have to drive around and they sort of get to know each other and like take care of each other. And it's really nice. Like I kind of expected it to be, it was directed by Sam Mendes. Again, big, big names in this, like Stanley Tucci's in this as well. So, you know him and. He's in everything. (laughs) Apparently. But like other people, it's like Jude Law, um, Daniel Craig, Paul Newman, like, it's, it's quite a, it was, it was a very renowned film when it came out, but I am kind of like a bit uh, at like gunslinging films and I was kind of, I was kind of not stoked to sit down and watch it. I was like, I know I really should watch this because it's a very, very good reputation, but I was kind of not stoked to watch it, not because I thought it was going to be bad quality like Open Gate, but because it's generally, I didn't know how plot driven it was and I don't really like shoot him up kind of things, but it it is really cool, and it had a lot of really cool moments of, like, the growth of their relationship and and stuff like that, and he was so good, Tyler. He was so, so, so good in it, and I was shocked. Like, I was genuinely... I thought he would be, like, stilted and, you know, kind of like the average, you know, kid there to further the plot as opposed to, like, being important. Um, But this yeah. kid was, like, the main character in the movie. Like, it was him and Tom Hanks, and he was really so good like I was very impressed and, and and I was not not expecting him to be that good you know given that everything that he's done has been kind of ridiculous and even in Teen Wolf sometimes he's kind of ridiculous I don't blame that on exactly though. <laughs> I blame that on the character um I yeah it's a beautiful movie like really nice like um like on location Chicago scenery Chicago's really cool if if anyone's ever been there to um the downtown is is really old architecture and all you have to do is pretty much like bring in some old cars and you can film a lot of movies there. Like last time I was in Chicago, I saw them filming a movie. Like the first time I was in Chicago, I saw them filming a movie. I don't know what movie I was – they were filming last time I was there. I think it was actually like a Bollywood movie. I don't know why. First time <laughs> I was there, I saw them filming – on like they'd shut down the street and they were filming that – Um. Oh, what was it called? It was a Johnny Depp movie about, like, John Dillinger. Like, I can't remember what it was called.
1: Um, oh, I know what you're talking about, but I don't... Anyway, know I didn't I...
0: see Johnny Depp or anything. But, like, I saw the like, the, like, the cars waiting around to go into the set and, like, you know, like, oh, like I, literally not looking for it, just walking past it. I've been, like, I've been through a film set, like, yeah, a, a bunch of times. In the um, this movie, like the lobby of this hotel where the people were staying in, like the elevator lobby that they kept going into, was like the lobby of like the Hilton Chicago, which is where LeakyCon was last year. So like I was just like I know what that is. Um, but <laughs> aside from that, like it was it was a really cool movie. Um, I mean, it had a sort of sad ending and blah blah because you know repercussions and stuff. It was directed by like Sam Mendes, who did the most recent. James Bond, and who's done... And Skyfall, I love. Like, I think it's the best James Bond that they've ever done for, like, so many reasons. Um, And um, it's very artful. Like, apparently he wanted to make a movie that didn't, like, rely too heavily on dialogue, and it's a very beautiful-looking movie. Um, But Tyler Hoechlin was just so much better than I thought he would be. So, yeah, he definitely had a lot of promise, and hopefully he will be able to continue to show that, because I'd really like to see what he could do in, like like, a serious role, you know, something is slightly less tongue-in-cheek hilarious than Derek and, uh, you know, not, you know, a sad, over-the-top movie about a, a bull-riding drug smuggler or something. But, yeah, I would definitely recommend, like, Road to Petition is probably, like, the quote-unquote, like, highest quality movie of any of the, like, that any of the cast have been in. It's It's very... Like, it's it's got a very high standard, I think. it's Obviously, he got to, like, drive around for six weeks with Tom Hanks. Like, there's this awesome yeah. scene of him. There's this awesome scene of, like, Tom Hanks basically teaching him to, like, drive the car, and apparently that, like, really happened. It was, like, it wasn't a stunt driver or something like that. Let me just I'll, – I'll just double-check the exact – yeah. Filming took place in the Chicago area. Mendez, having recently direct finished 1999's acclaimed American Beauty, pursued a story that had minimal dialogue and conveyed emotion in the imagery – yeah, it had a lot of, like, symbolism, like, all sorts of stuff, you know, themes. Yeah, it was very imagey. It was very, like, you could probably do it as, like, a school, like, project, like, analysis. Basically, yeah, Tyler was 14 at the time of filming. For scenes where Hecklund's character assisted his father as a getaway driver, Hecklund was trained by a driving instructor. So there's, like, these really, like, hilarious scenes of, basically, Tom Hanks teaching him how to drive this old car and then him actually picking his father up and, like, driving off and stuff, and apparently it was really him. So he must have had fun bonding with Tom Hanks for however long it – you know, I wonder if he ever yeah. hears from him. Like, if he's like, Tom Hanks, please <laughs> help me get out of this, you know, sad career as Open Gate, star. you know, Star of Open Gate, because, <laughs> yeah, it's it's very – like, it's very, very acclaimed, like, it, the, this film. It's, it's very good. Yeah, it's like, yeah, as I said, Jude Law, Daniel Craig – Stanley Tucci. Yeah, it's it's quite a big deal and and I definitely would say anyone who likes like a good period drama to watch it, it it's not like a it's not an action movie. I don't love action movies and I thought it might be a bit too action you know action movie for me and it was not. It was it was really good. So so yeah, I would definitely recommend that as a as probably the best film you know, objectively that anyone in Teen Wolf has ever has ever done so far. So yeah, you ha- you didn't see that one yet, did you? No. No, I hadn't seen it before tonight. Like I didn't see it at the time. I remember it coming out very clearly, but I, I didn't see it at the time. I guess what the only other movie that we put on the list that we've both seen is Save the Last Dance, which has Bianca Lawson who played who plays Morel in the show, obviously. Um yeah, I mean, you seem to remember this a bit more clearly. I remember the movie pretty well, like um, Julia Stiles, you know, racial issues, dancing, that kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Bianca Lawson, what was yeah? So what was her character and and kind of what, what do you remember about that?
1: I love this movie. This is one of my favorite movies. I love movies about dance, and I love Julia Stiles. Uh, So, this is one that I've watched several times. Bianca Lawson plays Nikki, who is the main guy's ex-girlfriend, and she's the really mean one, basically. She does not like Julia Styles' character. And, I mean, she, she has a prominent role, but she doesn't, like, do anything, really. I mean, she's just there to sort of be an antagonist, but... Uh, Bianca Lawson has sort of this track record of playing, like, teen characters, and I think that Teen Wolf is one of the first ones where she's sort of been able to play the adult. I remember reading an interview, and she's like, yeah, it's pretty nice to be on the other side of the table now. Mm. Um, She's like 34, but... You wouldn't really guess that. She still looks pretty young. I think that she'd be able to play, you know, an early 20s character still. Yeah. And she she was good and uh yeah.
0: Um now we've seen some random episodes of of television, you know, with these characters. I mean, Bianca obviously had one of the biggest roles um that people knew her very well because she was in Buffy. She was Kendra the first uh, Slayer that was called after Buffy died at the end of season one, like for five minutes when she drowned, but technically died. <laughs> and Kendra lived for a while and then was killed. But um, I, I never loved Kendra. I found her quite funny. Um, do you like? Do you did you remember her very clearly from Buffy when you watched her on Teen Wolf or in other things? Have you always sort of has that always stuck out or?
1: Um, I I didn't really know who she was because she looks very different from a lot of the things like Nikki mm. and even Kendra. They, they have a very sort of nineties style to them <laughs> and they, yeah. they look like teenagers, you know? And like Miss mm. Morales is always very put together and mm. very sleek. And so I didn't recognize her, but like once I figured out who she was, yeah, I knew exactly who she had been on Buffy and Kendra. Yeah. She didn't really do a whole lot for me. I liked her character well enough and, mm. Uh, I think she she had some good moments in the series, but but I think yeah I would say Buffy and Save the Last Dance is where I know Bianca from the most.
0: Yeah, I mean yeah, I mean Kendra, although she didn't have like a huge part, you know, isn't in there for that long, is very iconic in Buffy and in in sort of Buffy culture because she is one of the Slayers because she was actually a Slayer. I also remember her. From Dawson's Creek, she was in it for a little while as this character again called called Nikki, but um, I I can't remember you know the precise use of it, but I I do I do remember at the time being like oh my god that's Kendra from Buffy in Dawson's Creek, um, but you say she's been in Vampire Diaries as well, which I have not seen as you know. Right.
1: Yeah, she plays. Um, oh
0: gosh, names says Emily here.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah she plays Bonnie's sort of ancestor. she's a witch, and she's the one that had worked with um the salvators and I believe she was the one that had given them the ring so that they could go out in daylight. not a huge um not a huge part in the series, but sort of significant. And I, you know, when I was watching it, I didn't know who she was or anything. I don't even think I recognized her there either from like any of the other things I've seen, like Buffy and Save the Last Dance. But Mm -hmm. I mean, good enough. It was interesting to see her and to know now that she had been in that, but nothing like groundbreaking or anything. It was a fairly
0: minor part. Okay, not like long running. Um, No, I
1: mean, she was in several episodes, but it wasn't like she was a main character or anything.
0: Okay, cool. Speaking of random episodes, we, I remember I was recently watching um, in the last uh, few months, I've been going through Castle, like watching it main, you know, mainlining it from the beginning to the end in order. And there's just a random episode of Castle where Tyler Hecklin basically shows up. She, he plays the violin teacher of Alexis, who is Castle, like Nathan Fillion's daughter. And, he is so jolly and friendly and amazing, <laughs> and it's just—he opens the door and he's smiling. He's like, "I'm so and so," blah blah. And I was, I was, I just screamed. I was just like, "I can't handle it. Close the door again, Castle. Close the door. Stop it." <laughs> you know how awkward it was in Teen Wolf when it, he didn't really smile in Road to Perdition either. He was very serious. It was very dramatic. You know, in Teen Wolf, how we like laugh hysterically because we can't handle it. Whenever he like smiles, <laughs> like yes, it was just—he's so. If if you. If if you can watch like if you don't know Castle and you can watch like single episodes of of crime shows because it's a procedural and you basically know they're gonna solve a murder and these are characters who you know there's a guy he has a daughter he works with this police team he's a writer that's all you need to know um, it is really cool and Nathan Fillion is amazing and the the cast is like bromantastical it's it's fantastic but anyway <laughs> Tyler Hecklin is in this random episode and I will. Find you the title of the episode. Hold on. Uh,
1: it's going to be so weird to just see him smiling. Because, I mean, that's what he's like, you know, in real life. Like, he is very happy, very smiley. Yeah, it's so, so like
0: that. It's so like that. He play... Um, his character was called Dylan. And the episode was um, season two, episode four, uh, called Fool Me Once. And basically, his... The, the, the episode's story. Basically, the episode's story... Or, of the murder always relates to like in some way something that's going on like in a mirror of like something in in Castle's personal life. Um, for example, they sort of find out it's about like a, a mystery at a school and like not knowing what's really happening. And Castle sort of turns around out and sort of has this like issues with his daughter. Like he doesn't know who this violin teacher is and that why she's so eager on him. And I think he thinks she's like fourteen and he, I think he thinks that she's gonna like try and. Mac on this guy who's like a at least like a college student like teacher um he goes to juilliard and um he's like too good looking you know you need an old lady teacher or something like that but he's (laughs) just he's not in very many scenes he's only in like two scenes but he's just so jolly and friendly and like plays the violin i don't think he really plays it but it's like it's super amusing you have to see it it's amazing um, I've been
1: meaning to watch Castle for a while just because watch, I love yeah, Nathan Fillion. Watch
0: it from the beginning because it's amazing, but yeah. Yes, you will like it. Um now what else as far as episodes go? Um you've seen um as we talked about Bianca Lawson in Buffy. Um how about Once Upon a Time?
1: Yeah, uh, Sinqua was in that. He played Boyd, obviously, and in Once Upon a Time, he played Lancelot, and it was, I think he was in two episodes. It was a pretty minor role, but it was really cool seeing him outside of Teen Wolf, and it was... Not a huge difference from Boyd, because Lancelot was very sort of stony and and big and burly. <laughs> but it was just cool seeing him all decked out in armor, and I think he did smile a lot more. And he was sort of friends with Snow White, like they had a, a past. And uh, there might be a chance that he could be on a bit more, I mean, in flashbacks at least. Did but, he die in the show? Um yes kind of okay it's basically it's,
0: he, it's he's it's complicated he's from Arthurian legend no one ever really dies in that yeah <laughs> um but yeah that's I have not seen Once Upon a Time so that's kind of cool like uh, I'm quite interested in in that and like yeah it would be cool if he could return to that seeing as he does not have anything going on at the moment um, as far as I know. I know he's filming a couple of things, but um, nothing sort of as high profile as Teen Wolf at Once Upon a Time. Apparently he's been in quite a lot of things as a younger actor that I didn't know about, like um, quite a lot of the shows that were big in the early 2000s. Like he was in Friday Night Lights for a little bit and he was in Secret Life of the American Teenager, which I don't know what this show is. But I've looked, when I was looking through this, apparently like three or four actors from Teen Wolf have been in Secret Life of the American Teenager at a time. I was really confused wow. by it. Like not in the, I don't know if they were acting together, but it was like really, really weird. Um, I've,
1: I've heard a lot about that show recently, mostly yeah. because like, that's where Shailene Woodley
0: came from. Oh, really? And yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty
1: sure that was the Maybe show. Maybe we should
0: watch it, but yeah, apparently Kiara was in it. <laughs> Sink was in it. Another thing that a bunch of people were in, like was, um, that I, I don't know what this is, but, a, a TV show about a girl who's cat, cat, uh, The Nine Lives of Chloe King, which was apparently yeah. going to be made into a movie but didn't, and there were some stories about that, like, recently. But, like, there's, like, two or three actors from Teen Wolf who have been in a random episode of that show. So I'm wondering if, like, the casting agent was, like, the same for all these shows and they had, like, a few people in the books. These are not shows I've seen, so please tell us if they're any good and, and should be watching. Friday Night Lights, I know, is ama- apparently amazing. I have, just have not happened to see it. Um, yeah then, talking of random episodes though, um, Holland Roden I watched earlier today. Um, she's in an episode of Cold Case, and Cold Case is really, really easy show to watch. Like single episodes, it's it's one of the only shows that I can like if it's on TV. I can just oh yeah, I can sit down and watch this and just care about the plot of the of the case they're solving rather than whatever like the personal drama is with the I don't even know the names of the characters of the like police in it. <laughs> But, like, yeah, crime shows, like, and Not S.V.U., Cold Case, stuff like that I can watch, like, really easily without it being, like, a, I'm intensely watching you in order. And there's very few shows I can do that with unless I know the show well or it's, like, The Simpsons or something. Um, really, really cool episode of Cold Case about a girl who was murdered in – Cold Case, for those who don't know, is um, a cop show about this woman who was, like, assigned to – you know, this sort of pointless department of cold cases of, like, murders that were never solved, and she, like, one by one solves them all, like, nowadays. Like, it, they might be from the 40s or the 70s or 10 years ago or whatever. This, a, a, a cold case, obviously, being a murder that is not solved. Um, this girl, Holland is the main character. She's the victim. Um, so she's in it a lot. Like, she's, you know, tells her entire story. And she it was so cute in it. She was meant to be about 15 and it was about, had to be about five years ago. So she would have been probably about 18 or, or 20 at the time when it was filmed. She was so sweet. She was kind of this tomboyish girl who was really into roller skating. Cause in the seventies roller skating was big. Like you go to the like roller rink and you can do like racing or you can go to like club nights and all kind of stuff. And she sort of, He's really tomboyish and and sweet. Like she looks so cute in this like long t-shirts and jeans and like just her hair. She looked really good for the 70s. Like she should be in like that kind of like sixties and seventies movies or something like that. And then um yeah, it was she was really sweet, like natural. It wasn't heavy handed at all. It was like a really, you know, cool episode. The but the interesting thing I found about it as the credits were coming up that I didn't know is that John Posey, Tyler Posey's dad, was in the same episode of Cold Case. It was really weird. Oh. Like, he played, um, obviously we've seen him on Teen Wolf in the um, uh, miniseries, the web series, playing the, the doctor that that knew about the werewolves, which I think that would be a great character to bring back. But yes. um, he played the older version. Like, basically what happens in, in, in Cold Case is most of the people have their version at the time that, the murder happened saying this was like 1978 and then the people today. So they need to cast like an older version of it. And he basically John Posey played like today's version, like the old version of the DJ at the club who, uh, where Holland Roden's character was skating and who was kind of like macking on her and, and hitting on her and kind of turned out to rape another girl. So that's yay, not good. But, um, (laughs) It was just weird, like that he his character was kind of like sleazing on Holland and he's Tyler Posey's dad. Obviously it wasn't they yeah. didn't have any scenes together because she was already dead in the bit where he was playing the older version. But it was just I was just like, Is that wow, that's so weird. That's like really really cool. But she was if you if you like Holland, like go and watch her episode of Cold Case because she's so cute. She just looks amazing and she just does a a really sweet job. Um the character was just very, very lovely, and and you know so, sometimes crime shows are like super overdramatic and and really a little bit ridiculous, but I always really really like Cold Case, and this was she was so nice in it, so I really really enjoyed it. it was, it's probably like yeah my favorite like um you know single uh my favorite single episode um of a a thing that I've watched for. Uh, an actor that I like like Darren Chris has one of the th- one of the few things that Darren Chris did before he was cast on Glee was he was in an episode of Cold Case as well um and was one of the people you know uh, in the uh I think the 60s like the 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 flashbacks uh, he was one of the characters his was not very good. Not his fault, but it was just not very it was not very good. It was this is way better. This episode of Cold Case is way, way, way better than Darren Chris's episode of Cold Case. So go and watch that if you love Holland, because she looks so sweet and she plays such a cute character and you could make the sweetest gifts out of this episode, I swear to God.
1: <laughs> I really want to see more of the things that she's been in. Like I know she's been in Bring It On, Fight to the Finish, which mm-hmm. I mean, who's watched any Bring It On movie after the first one. <laughs> but Apparently people. Actually, I I think I have now that I say that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, yeah, I just I mean I've seen like gift sets of her like dancing and stuff, and it just looks really cute and funny, and she looks so much younger. And I I really want to
0: see her in it. She seems quite physically talented. Like I'm very curious as to whether um, you know the ice skating scene in Teen Wolf, whether the she. Yeah. Sh- if people know if that's really her or not because she was roller skating in this and it, a lot of it like didn't seem like a stunt double. Like she seemed to have quite a lot of skills. It wasn't like, you know, hardcore stuff, but like doing some moves like, you know, down on her, like one ankle and stuff like that. Like, and I'm really curious as to how much of that was like doubles because she, she was really good. And, and if she can roller skate and ice skate, like these seem to sort of go hand in hand and I'm I'm quite curious about that. So yeah, it was it was good. It was it was a good episode. So yeah, I, I'd watch the Bring It On Fight to the Finish as well. I'd totally watch that. So <laughs> I'm gonna try and try and find that because I looked that up on Wikipedia today as well. And I was like, oh, is her character like the mean girl who like doesn't like the main character? But no, her character is one of the like the allies of the of the main character. So I'm glad that she's not like the bitchy mean girl. She's like yeah. a nice girl. So yeah, she, she's so sweet in the. I cannot get over how cute she is in the Cold Case episode though. She's just such a sweet girl. What else? What else do we have? Um, I think a lot
1: of the other stuff is like shorts,
0: yeah,
1: and um, web stuff.
0: Yeah, okay. And then we'll get to the. I guess. Do you not watch New Girl? Did you not see Dylan's episode of New Girl?
1: No, I didn't. I. I mean, I love New Girl, but it's just one of those things that I sort of like gave up on accident, and I still want to watch it, and I, I mean, obviously I really want to see Dylan's episode, but I just haven't gotten there yet.
0: it's so good, Karen, like, not just his episode, I mean, in general, the episode. Dylan's episode of New Girl is, like, I don't know, it's kind of weird, it was, but you sort of spend the whole episode thinking that, like, he's the person that lost, um, Jess lost her virginity to, it's basically, the episode is, is called Virgins, and it's about apparently, people losing their virginity, and it's, it's really weird to see him acting alongside Zoe Deshner, like, she's meant to be, like, 18 or 20, like, in the flashbacks, but she plays herself, and she's, like, 30 now, or whatever, um, and then he plays himself, obviously, and so it's kind of weird to see them, like, acting as a, as a couple, they sort of meet in, like, a hotel hallway, and he's, like, playing the guitar, and being all, like, geeky cool, not in, like, an arrogant way, in a kind of, like, a soulful way, it's, it's, his character is, like, really over the, overdone on purpose, and then well, watch the episode, because it has a really funny ending, but you, you may or may not have seen, like, screen caps or GIFs of them, like, stuck in a, like, children's yeah. playground. It's, <laughs> New Girl, in general, is such a good show. It's, it's... A lot of, like, 20-minute comedies are ones that I think people, like, randomly watch an episode of, and kind of, like, oh, I can, like, you know, I could just turn this on or not. New Girl has such a good, like, slow build of all of the characters that it is definitely worth, like, watching in order, but... His episode is very cute and very and very funny and <laughs> ridiculous. And it, it seemed like he had a lot of fun. And, again, l- like Tyler Posey, I think that Dylan would be really cool in, like, an adult-based comedy, like a, a an adult humour comedy rather than a teen comedy. Not that Teen Wolf is a teen comedy. I think that the material of Teen Wolf is really good for both of them. But, like, if you were going to take them out of Teen Wolf and put them in, like, a teen show, like a – I don't know like a Nickelodeon comedy show you know about teens or like something sort of based at that demographic rather than something uh where they're kind of playing adults like college or or young adults where they are dealing with adult humor I think that it would be a lot better um for that.
1: Yeah. I I'm really excited to see him in New Girl just because I know they do a lot of improv on the set mm-hmm. and I think that he is I mean he's done some improv lines and stuff very minor stuff on Teen Wolf but I think he's very suited to that sort of thing so I I just think it would be cool to see him in more more stuff like that
0: Um well I think I read that High Road was nearly all improv
1: Okay, that that was something I didn't mention um but I meant to was that that movie, the acting in that movie was incredible. Maybe it was because it was all sort of like it's on amazing. the fly. Yeah. But it was it was so natural. All of the dialogue and stuff was just it felt so real. And I mean, you get like a lot of big budget movies and stuff and you sort of like you can see the script in your head, you know, because it's just, like, the dialogue is very yeah, pointed. It's, yeah. you know, this had a lot of natural sort of, like, inflections, and just the things that they did was really, really good. So, yeah, I I was wondering if there was a lot of improv in that, just because the story sort of seemed perfect for that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know the, the facts on it exactly, but I know I read it somewhere, and definitely, like, I've just looked it up, and it's, like, billed as, like, improv movie and I guess like a lot of the people were like comedians and stuff like that and so that's that's really cool I am definitely gonna have to watch that but um yeah I think that that would be really 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 cool for them um for Dylan to do to do more of that and it's cool it was his first film as well he seems to be very open to that kind of creativity yeah I guess the um the other thing that we watched is a few shorts and things like that, like um, and then we're gonna give a little bit of chat about some upcoming projects like big upcoming projects, so first of all, I just wanted to mention the weird video Ian Bowen made that like starts out <laughs> with like. Ooh, I'm a sleepover with Holland Roden. Not that it's necessarily with him, you only see her. Um, Though they do have a very close friendship and have apparently been rumoured to be dating. I don't know if that's a thing. But I enjoy their friendship. They seem to hang out and be cool. And she made this video for him, like a, a short film that he wanted to make, that starts out like, ooh, I'm waking up at a guy's house and I'm all feeling it this morning. And then I think that she does a murder is that what happens at the end of that video? Like, I No,
1: she she opens this box and sees, like, all these weapons inside.
0: Yeah. I, I was trying to remember whether she was, like, getting the weapons to do a thing or if she discovers them in this guy's
1: place. She just discovers them.
0: Um, So it's kind of really weird. I mean, she looks great and it's got nice cinematography, but it was, like, a really weird twist, I guess, <laughs> uh, and a, a warning to not just, like, go home with random guys that might have, like – full of weapons in their closet,
1: yeah, basically like <laughs> this is gonna sound kind of bad, but it could be Lydia and Peter like <laughs> that's kind of what it reminded me of because mm-hmm. like I don't know, she just sort of wakes up and everything's very beautiful, and yeah, the cinematography is gorgeous in this, and then she like opens up this box full of like there's guns and knives and they look well used, it's super and then. you sort weird. Of see you sort of see, like, Ian kind of pop out from the side, and and he's, like, looking up through his eyes, and and all I could think was, like, oh, my God, Peter's right behind you. <laughs> and it was just – it was weird, but I, I really loved it for some yeah, reason. Yeah, I mean,
0: it looks great. I don't know if it's meant to be, like, funny, like if it's meant to be, like, a humorous-like thing so. or, like – or what, because it was very, very odd. But, oh, well. And then you got to watch a couple of those Funny or Die things as well. Yeah. Like the Sexy Dark Ages. <laughs> which was really stupid. <laughs> um, and that's Daniel Sharman. I have seen many a gif of him in the puffy shirt thing. <laughs> um, and then the Blockhead's Revenge, which was pretty big, like, when, like, in the Teen Wolf fandom, like, it it sort of came out once Teen Wolf started, because obviously has Dylan, Hecklin and um, Holland in it. What comic is that? Is it Charlie Brown, isn't it? Like, it's, it's, Yeah. yeah, meant to be, what did you think of that one?
1: Yeah, I saw this Blackhead's Revenge when it first came out, but I kind of forgot, like, what it was about, other than I knew that Dylan was Charlie Brown. Yeah. And so I rewatched it, and it was more ridiculous than I remembered it, oh, but it was, it was really funny. Basically, it's about Charlie Brown, played by Dylan, who, he's feeling really weird and left out, and they're all basically adults, uh, adult versions of these characters, and like you know the one kid still has like the blanket and they're very much the same but it's like they're drinking and they're like making out and stuff and basically Charlie Brown goes around and starts killing all of his friends and it's it's hilarious but it's also really creepy and dark and I think Dylan like he did a really good job of being that creepy guy who's like murdering people I'm it good. wasn't yeah, cool. For the top it was like actually kind of frightening <laughs> but part that I couldn't get over was Hecklin in that blonde wig. <laughs> I I was yeah. like, What are
0: you doing? <laughs> this is so. Oh, weird. They have fun. I don't know how Funny or Die works. Like, is it like, do you just make videos and submit them, or are they mates with someone who, like, makes it, like, you know, who writes? Who's like? Can you guys come and do this funny or die video? Like how? I don't know how funny or die works. It confuses the hell out of me. But yeah, I think that
1: like funny or die is like a project of some actor, like mm. you know, Andy Samberg or Will Ferrell or something mm. like that. I'm not really sure. And then yeah, I think they just like get people together, you know, write scripts and stuff. I don't necessarily think that it's like you submit a video, but I'm sure it's like a partnership and people just sort of like talk and, and things work out that way. Mm,
0: Cause they seem quite that, you know, they got, they got the, enough people to get, they always get really, really funny stuff. Like they managed to get really big people in on it. Like I guess anyone who has an interest in like comedy, uh, um, you know, they, they always get them, get them in there. And, I mean, speaking of improv stuff, you you sat down and watched some of Dylan's, like, m- videos, like the movie kid videos, the ones that he left up yeah. on YouTube. What did you really, think
1: of it? Really quick, I just want to say, yeah, Funnier or Die is a comedy video website founded by Will Ferrell and Adam McKay's production company, Gary Sanchez Productions, with original and user-generated content. So, That's, um, yeah, and it says, like, Funny or Die contains exclusive material from a number of Mm. famous contributors, Judd, Apatow, James Franco, and has its own Funny or Die team, which creates original material for the site, so, Mm. yeah. Not usually my cup of tea, because, like I said, comedies aren't really my favorite, especially when they're, like, over the top, but I really liked the Blockhead's Revenge one, it was pretty hilarious.
0: Yeah. Um... Uh, maybe they shall do another one or, or something, you know, with with someone else. I've seen quite a few really hilarious ones. Uh, I I think the first time it ever came to my attention was um there was a Zac Efron one that was like phenomenal and he was really like taking the Mickey out of himself in it. But, <laughs> and there's been like James Vanderbeek as well, who is one of my favorite people. He he's so funny about like himself, like in a self-deprecating way, like because it doesn't scream. He's such a good comedian. And but the Zac Efron one was just like I was just like. I love you, like he was he was so so good in it, and it just anyway, it was just just great, and um yeah, the, he does have really good content, like I, I feel like it's like quite a cool like outlet for you know celebrities who might wanna like do something a bit like they wouldn't be allowed to do in any other circumstance, kind of yeah. like outrageous or whatever, and it's it's cool, but um, yeah, I mean, user generated content, Dylan's YouTube videos from when he was like fifteen ish like what did you think of um. that?
1: It was so hard to watch them, like, <laughs> I, I have a lot of trouble with what Brooke calls the second-hand embarrassment thing, like, when, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. award shows, and they're just, like, totally making fun of, well, not making fun of themselves, but just being ridiculous, and, like, I, I can't, like, look at the screen, it's yeah. so difficult for me. This Let- was really hard to watch, but and, like, it wasn't really what I was expecting either because a lot of it had to do with, like, this this other YouTuber named Katie and it was, mm. like, a lot of responses to her videos. But it was interesting seeing him so young and sort of seeing, like, his personality kind of coming about a bit more. And you could definitely, like, see a bit of styles in him, which was really interesting. Some of the ones that I really liked are, are the ones that – we're either really short, like when he's like riding on the Christmas tree and he's yeah. like, no, he was really sad about that. Or, you know, probably his most famous video was the Spice Girls one, which was totally ridiculous and really, really funny. Mm. And then I liked um, the last video he did, the one about how to make a YouTube video. I thought that was really creepy in some places, but really, really funny.
0: Yeah, I thought he was, like, really natural, like, in a really, like, he's very, he's clearly very inherently, like, talented as a performer, like, you know, kind of person, because this this was kind of back in the day when, like, YouTube was, like, not that big a resource, it wasn't like every single person, like, had, you know, it was a vlogger, like, the people who were vloggers, like, he was known as a vlogger, not hugely, but... There were definitely, like, people who in the, you know, at the time, especially with that Katie girl, she was quite famous as a vlogger, and the fact that he was interacting with her, like, was a thing. And um, what you said about secondhand embarrassment, I just want to put this out there because I'm actually curious, like, to poll this. Is there anyone at all listening to this show that calls that secondhand embarrassment the MOTS? As in, you you are giving me the MOTS, as in M-O-T-T-S. Because this is a word that my entire friendship group uses, and I know where we got it from. It was from this guy in this band, like, posting a, a blog about it. But I don't know if it was him and his friends that invented it or if it was, like, a thing that is a wider slang that he just happened to mention. But it basically we're like, oh, my God, that's so motzy, or, oh, my God, it's really giving me the mots, And that's that secondhand embarrassment thing. And I need to know if anyone else uses this term. just just to, <laughs> So I'm just using my platform right now to ask about the mots. But basically, let me read you a thing out of the vlog that it came that's from. That's really um, weird, because, like, that's like applesauce. I know, I know, and I don't know. <laughs> I don't basically, get it. Yeah, um, um, yeah I, just, I just literally Googled it, and it. Yeah, it says, I realize that it's also very unnerving to watch people act on television. It gives you the mots. The best way to describe the mots is like this. Do you remember the first time you watched a bad daytime interview show, like Springer or something? and someone is just making a total ass out of themselves or doing or saying something very uncomfortable, or when you're sitting through a high school talent show and all of a sudden you feel embarrassed by a classmate who's singing the greatest love of all, you sometimes want to cover your eyes or look away. That's the Mots. Anyway, it's totally like, yeah, it's, it's absolutely like that, that secondhand embarrassment. Like, Oh my God, I can't handle this kind of thing. And, um, and I need to know if people use this term or if it's literally just the people I know, because it's my, it's very much like my extended friendship group. Like, Nearly everyone I know um, uh, from those kind of fandoms uses it. But I don't know if it was just, like, because of this guy in this band or if it's, like, a wider slang term that he just happened to use that now I know. So I'm really curious about that. (laughs) It just makes me think of applesauce. I don't know. I mean, I think it's to do with the applesauce in some way. I don't – apparently it was to do with, like, uh, an old commercial of of them of the applesauce, but regardless, I'm sorry that Dylan's YouTube videos give you the mods. Um, <laughs> it sounds like a disease, honestly. Yeah. Like secondhand oh, I just embarrassment got is secondhand embarrassment is a disease. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was very clear. Like, and I love the stuff with his parents. Like when he managed to make his parents like
1: yeah. do stuff.
0: and he's just really. Yeah, that kind of, like, performance element of it. Like, it's and he he did it all himself. He's clearly very proactive about his kind of talent, and I really enjoy that. I think that it it really shows that he is kind of made to do what he's doing, and I really enjoy that.
1: Yeah, he seemed a lot more confident than I thought Mm -hmm. he would have been because, I mean, to kind of, like... It was sort of a joke and everything, the whole thing with Katie, but, like, even to to put that out there and to do those sort of things, I think not everybody could. Yeah. And so for him to have the confidence to do that was really surprising to me because I I'd never really pegged him as that kind of person. Yeah. I mean, obviously I don't really know him, so, you know, whatever. But I, I was, yeah, I was kind of impressed too. And I saw a lot of styles in there, which I really enjoyed. Yeah.
0: I know there was a video later, Um, that I think it was on that Katie Girl's channel, like, because she kept sort of vlogging. I think he had a lot more videos and he took, like, a lot of them down but, like, left up what he wanted yeah. to. But I think she, I saw a video with her later on that was, like, them meeting after she moved to L.A. to do vlogging or whatever it is she does. Um, And he was living in L.A. because he was from California and also he, he'd already got Teen Wolf. It was, like, them meeting and he, I think it was, like, maybe after the first season of Teen Wolf or during the first season of Teen Wolf. So... Um clearly, that did continue as a friendship but um but I just yeah found that interesting that like um you know it it was definitely part of that very sort of um small vlogging community that started to come up several years ago before it became like every second person um who's seen a Hank Green video decides to like be a vlogger uh and it's <laughs> well it's it's not a bad thing like if people want to use that to like um express themselves, but like it used to kind of be like. There were people who were vloggers that you watch. It, it was kind of like small enough to keep up with, if you know what I mean. Like it was not, it wasn't yeah. like just oh people's random blogs. It was this is a form of entertainment, and that's what that's what these people do. And then obviously more and more people were like, hey, this is a medium I can use for free, um, and and to create, yeah. and that's that's really cool. But obviously the more of it that happens, the less people kind of um make a quote-unquote career out of it. I I don't really understand, like, vlogging as a career, but you, you know what I mean? Like, it's, um, yeah, it's much yeah. bigger now. It's just a general, like, social media tool. Um, And when he was doing it, it wasn't. It was, like, a very small group of people, and there were people who watched it, and there were people who made it. Like, it wasn't as interactive. Um, And that girl who he was vlogging with was very well-known at the time. So, yeah, the video with them meeting and, like, hanging out her video, if that's still around, is also kind of interesting. It's not a performance-based one. It's more of, like, a real-life vlog, but it was kind of interesting to follow up on that. I guess that's kind of it, um, besides from the upcoming stuff that we want to talk about, though. I just want to mention a few things that uh, I, I know are, like, quite a big deal Um, in the – quite a big deal that you may have seen or may not have seen. Um, Obviously, we've got Colton – who is tra- you know, left Teen Wolf to go and do Arrow. I haven't seen Arrow at all. I'm considering starting to watch it because Grant Gustin, who played Sebastian on Glee, who I think is, like, one of the, yeah. like, the most complex and, like, nuanced actors Glee has had in, like, a long time, and they, like, wasted his character really badly. Um, he- He's brilliant, and he's going to be the Flash, like, the young Flash on Arrow. So I'm considering, like, tuning in to, like, see... What happens and like going back and watching it. I haven't seen him on Arrow, but it does. It's got like really. It's done better than I thought it would. Like I don't know yeah. if it's like just like a mainstream thing. Like if it's like something that like kind of because I haven't seen much fandom for it at all. Like, but it may be something that like mainstream, like just non-fandomy people watch because it's. I saw something recently that it was like like second highest rated show or something and or, or something like second highest. Uh, you know, rated like, you know, new season premiere or, or something, and I was just like, Wow, really didn't think I really thought this would flop. Oh well. Um so Colton on Arrow <laughs> is something we could be checking out. Another really big, huge thing that is um a show that already exists that is quite notable, um, is The Wire, which is a a very, very, very um I think it's set in Baltimore and it's 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 a show about it's kind of a show about, like, crime and police. It's not a procedural crime drama. It's a it's a hardcore, like, drama show. Uh, but Seth Gilliam, who plays uh, Deaton, is a lead in, in The Wire. And The Wire is... It's so renowned. Like, it is absolutely, like... Like, it has a 9.4 out of 10 on IMDb, which is, like, massively high. It, like, makes grown men cry. Like, it's really... <laughs> It's really, it was HBO, and it's it's a really big deal show. Like, it's very, 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 and it had Idris Elba, like, Dominic West, like, it's it's got a great cast, but, and I haven't seen all of it, but it's a really, 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 like, incredibly intense, um, incredibly renowned, um, very realistic show. Like, it's it's noted for the, like, quote-unquote gritty realism, but, again, not in a way that's convoluted. It's it's it really honors like the kind of people and stories that they're trying to show and it's it's very 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 uh emotional um and pretty intense so seth gilliam was a lead on the wire and i've heard people sort of vaguely mention like that his character is obviously nothing like that of teen wolf but that's something you can check out um as well, but as for upcoming things, we have a few of our cast coming in some pretty big projects. Um, obviously, the biggest is Dylan O'Brien getting the lead in what may or may not be the next big dystopian uh, post apocalyptic um, teen movie, which apparently is the new vampires. Post apocalyptic stuff is the new vampires. <laughs> uh but the maze runner which i haven't read but karen has so tell me about what's going to happen in the maze runner and like what his character is meant to be like
1: the maze runner is a pretty good book it didn't blow me away or anything but he the main character's name is thomas and basically he shows up in this place doesn't know who he is or what's happened in his past, basically has no memories from before. And he shows up there and it's this community of teenagers. I think they're all around maybe 16, although it kind of varies. Like there's some younger ones, some a little bit older. And basically there's this maze And they, every day, go out to try to figure out how to escape the maze. And they have these people called runners, and, like, that's their job. Everybody there has a job. It kind of feels very Lord of the Flies, but a lot less violent. But the kids basically, like, run their little, like, town thing. And everybody has a job. And the runners are, like, the most important, because they go out into the maze, map it, and try to figure out how to escape. And, like, there are these creatures that come during the night, and so they have to, like, close up the access to the maze so that they're all safe and everything like that at mm-hmm. night. And Thomas shows up, and he, you know, eventually becomes a runner, and they they sort of figure out. But, like, him arriving there and and some of the other things that follow basically starts this chain of reactions of kind of ending what has been going on for a really long time. And it's it's a good book. It's a trilogy. I haven't read the second and third book yet. I'm definitely going to, though. It's something that I think uh, could end up being pretty interesting. It's definitely a different kind of concept than I've read before. I've read quite a few dystopian things, and it's, it's really interesting, the ending and, and what happens there. In terms of, like, Dylan playing Thomas, I'm really, really excited to see him in this because It's not a comedy, and I think that as he's gone on, first you had The High Road, which was, you know, a comedy. I mean, it it has some very serious undertones, but it's a funny movie, and then obviously The Internship is very funny. The First Time is a little bit more mellow than the other ones. There are some pretty funny, like, scenes Mm. there, but it's nothing like, you know, not a huge comedy. This I think is more of like a franchise, something that is supposed to be, it's a sci-fi movie. And I'm really excited to see him take on a much more serious role. Mm. And just to see him kind of expand like his acting chops and stuff. I think it's, it's going to be really interesting. I would recommend the book. Don't expect it to be like the hunger games or, uh, or anything like that, but I think it's worth reading. Just <laughs> I basically read it when I found out that Dylan was going to be in the movie. That, yeah. was, that was my motivation. Yeah,
0: I mean I'm going to try and read it before the film comes out. And that film has completed filming. Um, it's in post production, and it was filmed in um Louisiana in kind of the swampy area. Um, what is the character of Thomas like? Does he have a personality? Like, if he doesn't remember who he is, like, does he have anything like? Is there any particular scenes that you're, like, looking forward to seeing Dylan do or, like, things that you remember?
1: He's he's pretty heroic. I think that he doesn't really conform to the beliefs that the other kids kind of hold on to to survive. He's more of, like, a rebel. He's not anything like, – he doesn't really stand out a whole lot. I think some of the other characters are a bit more – uh, they have a bit more personality, but mm. I think like Dylan's obviously probably going to bring a lot to the character once we see him on screen. But, mm. he, yeah, he doesn't really conform, and I'm looking forward to uh, some of the, the scenes that I don't want to give away the plot oh. for. He, <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <laughs> but I, I'm definitely excited to see like how they handle the maze and stuff like that. I think that could be really cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have read the synopsis a couple of times, and um, it does remind me of Lord of the Fries in like the kind of like elected leaders and jobs and all of that kind of stuff. So I'm, I am quite curious, and yeah, I will have to get the book um sometime pretty soon, and be interesting if this turns into like a massive like Hunger Games style franchise, or if it just sort of yeah. it just sort of slides under the radar. Because sometimes you know big sci-fi things like I know I remember like I Am Number Four, which was like Alex Pettifer, and that was like a a popular like sci-fi-ish book and that movie came out and it was quite high budget and it just didn't take off as like a franchise but this might like this might you know we, we don't know it's not like a crazy yeah. bestseller like the hunger games but it has potential no. so i'm quite it interested it has
1: yeah it definitely has potential and i think it's so interesting to see him going from Basically the high road the high road and the first time to something like the internship with mm. Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson who are huge names especially yeah. in the comedy world to now he's heading up The Maze Runner which could potentially be a giant franchise so
0: mm.
1: I think it's it's really exciting for his career if nothing else.
0: Yeah. I think, yeah, it it is pretty, like, pretty extreme. I was pretty, like, shocked that, you know, not shocked that he got cast in like, oh, how could he? But, like, you know, of course he could get cast in anything he wanted. I was just, like, very surprised. I'm like, oh, my God, this is, like, really high profile, I think. So, yeah, I was quite surprised. A couple of other upcoming ones. One thing I'm really looking forward to is um, Adelaide Kane, who obviously played Cora. Um, she, uh, is, you know, not going to be in, in season three B, um, her and Derek are off, um, existing and, uh, she may not come back, but she's heading up, um, Rain, which is a period drama. I love period dramas. Apparently it's like going to be on the CW, which I I don't know about like British period dramas made by American channels. Like I, I have no idea how that's going to go. Most of the period drama stuff that I like is like going to be. European and it's going to be, have been made by Europeans, if you know what I mean. Um, and so I'm a little bit curious, but this is basically the story of, um, Mary, Queen of Scots. And I have a personal vested interest in this because, um, Mary, Queen of Scots was for at a time, um, basically no one cares, Natalie, but the, the Tudor, she was queen of, of Scotland at the time. Um, the Queen Elizabeth I was Queen of England, and there was this whole like threat of whether she was gonna like try and usurp, and uh, even though she was like brought up in the French court and wasn't really like even a part of the UK, and anyway, she it's that time period, and she it's clearly about her early life because there are people who's cast as the um, uh, the the French court where she lived when she was young, but anyway, after she was like held prisoner for years, um, be, you know, to make sure she didn't try and usurp Elizabeth. She was held for a, a time in um, Bolton Castle in Yorkshire, in Wensleydale, and that is my family's castle. Like, I come from, a, like, m- on my mother's side, like, a British um, noble family. Not in a, like, oh, I'm, you know, Lord Winchester or whatever, but it's, it's a... <laughs> It's a it's a rare surname that is like a, a British noble family, and I have like a pedigree on my mother's side. Like um, I'm not in any way in line for anything, but it's it's like the family is um, Scrope, spelled S C R O P E, and it like there was a Scrope mentioned in Shakespeare, like this all sorts of stuff. It's it's a very 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 old British noble family, and one of the seats of my line of that family is Mary Queen of Scots was like lived there for quite a long time. And so that's interesting to me um, because I'm really obsessed with like medieval stuff anyway. So having a connection to it is really exciting for me. But besides from that, it's, it's got a really good cast actually. Adelaide Kane is, is Mary. And then the guy who's playing the, the King Francis, like the Dauphin Francis, the French prince who she was marrying is called Toby Regbo, who's I I know is a young British actor who's very like he's got all of these like theater awards like I think he got a Laurence Olivier um award or something like that. He also played the young Albus Dumbledore in Deathly Hallows, though they didn't get much screen time with that whole Dumbledore and and Grindelwald thing. Um, but yeah, I think he got yeah he got nominated for some really big deal stuff in theater. Um, a few years ago, so he's he, he'll be very, the the acting standard is very high in this. Anna Popplewell, who was in um she was Susan in like the recent Narnia movies. Um, yeah. she's in it. Um, Caitlin Stacey is in it, who is an Australian actress who I'm quite familiar with from Australian things. And uh, I don't know why she's in it, but she is. Anyway, I'm basically just interested to see how like an American production company. It was shot in the UK and stuff, but. I'm interested to see how, like, an American writer and, like, an American production company showing it for, like, an American station, like, channel, like The CW, will make a British period drama. Like, what kind of... Like, whether it'll be, like, really sensationalized or what they'll focus on or that kind of thing compared to, like, BBC period drama, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know how excited I am about this. I was definitely intrigued when I first saw it, and I think the... The trailer looked interesting. I I love history. I was a history minor. I was an art history major. But I just can't always watch, like, history, like, historical dramas. I don't tend to read, like, books based on history and stuff like that. But I there's this one author that I really like. Her name's Alex Bracken, And... <clears throat> And she wrote The Darkest Minds, and somebody was asking on her Tumblr if she was going to watch the show, and she was like, well, probably not. (laughs) She Mm -hmm. said most reviewers are giving it about a C rating, Mm -hmm. and they're, I guess, like, while they're intrigued, they can't seem to get over how weird it is, I'm not really sure what that means, but she's Mm -hmm. basically like, I'm annoyed that Mary isn't a ginger, (laughs) and she said that... um,
0: Yeah, she was a redhead IRL.
1: Yeah, and she said that, like, you know who wore their hair down like that in the 16th century? Prostitutes. Yeah. So I I just don't know how, like, historically accurate it's going to be. Not that I would necessarily know that, Mm. but it's kind of off-putting that that maybe they didn't have, like, attention to detail like that. And I guess, like, Adelaide Kane said that, um, she said, how many teenage girls do you know who are obsessed with history? And Alex Bracken was like, um, me, me I was, <laughs> I wrote my college entrance essay about how much I love George Washington. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah.
0: that's basically what I'm curious about, like about the way that it'll be um, like marketed basically at, like as like a historical fiction story, like if, especially created by um, Americans because I love period stuff like I love it it is absolutely – it's it's one of my like it's one of my most like relaxing places because I generally don't get very emotional about it like I can just watch it and just really get immersed in it without like bursting into tears over something like I just really <laughs> I, I just really really enjoy like co- like costume drama and um I do read like a lot of historical fiction like like you know historical novels based on a lot of these like major characters, like major people from the time, very very into it, and um, I like all eras, like from like Victorian to like you know pre-Tudor, um, of like yeah period drama. So I'm super into it, but this again, I'm really thinking like that because it's an American production that it's going to be a bit weird, and I'm quite curious yeah. as to what's going to happen. And it's on
1: the CW, which really kind of struck yeah. me as strange, because, like, that's the, the network that has the Vampire Diaries, and Supernatural, and Arrow, and they've definitely got like a niche and this just really doesn't seem to fit in there and i don't know all of their shows they could have other historical dramas on there i really have no idea but the things that they're most known for are supernatural shows and so i'm like this is kind of random but you know i hope it does well at least for adelaide kane's uh you know for yeah, her but yeah i
0: mean i feel like it might end up being a bit like like over dramatized rather than like i love i love like one said it. Not it's fact, not like docudrama factual, but like that really are quite like the, the accurate story and that they haven't just like, th- like there's like a lead guy, go- like one of the main build cast seems to just be like this guy who they may have invented to make like a dramatic love triangle that didn't really happen in real life or something like that. And oh. I don't know, I'm really interested bec- because I'm very interested in this time period and, and I know quite a lot of these actors, but this, yeah, this CW thing is throwing me a bit. <laughs> but in hopefully a bit more um promising news uh the last thing we have about upcoming projects is Tyler Hecklin has recently been cast in an indie movie that's going to be called Undrafted which is basically about baseball and I love sports movies. I hate sport, but I love sports movies. I don't know why. I, li- I really I'm li- the same way, actually. I-, I can't watch sport, but I love sports movies. Like, the night that Wimbledon was on, I put on the movie Wimbledon and watched it instead of, like, <laughs> watching the tennis because I really like the movie. I don't know. I just... I love, like... They managed to make it a great metaphor for, like... It- it's a great storytelling device. And I love, like, varsity blues. Like, I love... Baseball movies, like, I love all sorts of sports movies, but I, I don't actually like the sport. And Tyler Hecklin though, has a history with baseball. Like, he was going to be a pro baseball player and then he got injured or, or something. So it's cool that he's getting to, like, show off with baseball. But I'm super excited because he's co-starring with Aaron Tveit, who is just... How do I begin to explain Aaron Tveit? He's <laughs> a god. He's a Broadway star. He was in the adaptation that like the film adaptation of lame is he but um he's a he's predominantly a broadway star he was in gossip girl for a while um like very briefly i haven't seen gossip girl one of the other leads in the movie is chase crawford who was a big part of gossip girl so i guess that that's a connection like he's one of the exec producers so maybe he wanted aaron specifically but um aaron Tveit, he he's just i love him so much he's just one of those like whew, Insanely talented and beautiful people in so many ways. I love musical theatre stars and, and he played pretty much one of my favourite literary characters of all time um, in Les Mis. So um, I'm just, yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see Tyler work with him. I don't know what Aaron is going to be doing, if he's going to be a baseball player as well and whether he has any experience with that. Very, very versatile actor. He's currently just done like a long series. It's just got commissioned for a second series called Graceland, which is, like, he's an FBI agent in training, and that's not, you know, theatrical at all. It's, like, a drama, like, and he's really, really good in that. Graceland, it was a show that aired this summer. You should watch it. But Tyler Hecklin getting to do baseball stuff, he's probably pretty stoked on that. It's an indie film, like, and I don't think it's going to be, like, an quote-unquote indie film, like, open gate. Like, I think this actually has, like, the potential to be, like, a, a good and touching Story. I can't work out if Hecklin is like the lead, if he is the person who it's about. Apparently, it's um, it's a story of undrafted. is based on a true story of a promising young baseball player who discovers he was not drafted, but instead has an epiphany that changes his life forever. So that sounds a little bit over dramatic, but hopefully it'll be good. I don't know if Hecklin is the lead leader, or if that that's going to be Chase Crawford or whatever. It would make sense if it was Tyler because he's very good at baseball, so they would could. Take a lot of advantage of that, if you know what I mean. But um, I'm pretty stoked for him for that, so that's cool. And that's just started filming. I guess he's um, sort of flicking between that and Teen Wolf because he's definitely been on set for the baseball movie and a couple of people have met him there, or, you know, there's been a, a, one or two little filming pics um, posted on Facebook and stuff. So um, this is cool. I really hope that he has the <laughs> opportunity to, to shine in this. Um, and to sort of show us what he's got. So, yeah, are you are you good for that one?
1: Um, I mean, I'd give it a try. I love sports movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like baseball movies, but I mean, yeah, probably just because he's in it. At least I'd like to see it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'd watch it. I'd watch it for Aaron Tveit as well. Oh, Aaron Tveit also played. Um, if you saw Howl, the James Franco. Um. Allen Ginsberg biopic he played like Peter who is um Allen Ginsberg's like long-term partner um when they were young when they first met sorry I'm just like waxing lyrical about Aaron Tveit you know (laughs) I really love Hecklin and I really love Aaron Tveit so it's just really cool that two people I really love are in a thing together you know how that is (laughs) but yeah um I mean that's for now pretty much all we've got as far as the things we've seen, um, there's so much more, many more things, like, um, another really big thing is, um, Melissa Ponzio is on, like, The Walking Dead, I have not seen The Walking Dead, I do not like zombie stuff, I have no interest in The Walking Dead, people are obsessed with The Walking Dead, and she apparently has potential to go on for quite a bit, I don't know if she's filming that, like, concurrently with Teen Wolf, or if it's, you know, it's totally separate, um, you know, if she's working on it at all at the moment, but, she apparently has the potential to stay on. So that's something you can check her out if you haven't already and and you are into The Walking Dead. Any of these others that you're kind of keen to to follow up on? Yeah, there's, there's a
1: lot. Um, Courtney, Dania and Brooke have seen a lot of stuff that I haven't seen and they've listed it all here. And there, there's quite a few things. Um, I've, Watched the first two episodes of The Walking Dead. I am obsessed with zombies. I don't know why, because I don't generally like scary movies. But Mm -hmm. for some reason, like I just have this really weird obsession with zombies. I know Court, uh, she's watched The Walking Dead, and she really, really likes it. So I would like to continue watching that. Um, I'm not really big on a lot of the... Like the comedies that you know Posey has been in and stuff like that. Oh, I really want to see Crush with Crystal though. Is that I think
0: is that meant to be good? What's that about?
1: That she's like, I guess she has this crush on this guy, and he. I, this is just summarizing from like the very little I've seen, so I apologize to anybody who knows about this movie a lot more than me. But from what I understand, she really likes this guy, and he doesn't like her something like that and she's kind of crazy and she kind of goes off the deep end and i think she starts like stalking him and stuff
0: yeah and
1: i think like she she gets into it with his girlfriend or something i don't know if she ends up like killing people or anything but it looked really intense and i'm just really excited to see her in something so different than teen wolf than allison and i think that this is like well, I guess it's not totally on the opposite end of the spectrum because she did get pretty dark with Allison mm-hmm. in season two, but this seems like on a whole nother level, but it looks pretty good.
0: Well, watch it and tell me if it's scary and like murdery because <laughs> I don't like thrillers and, and stuff very much, but we'll see. Like I know Holland is in like House of Dust, which is like a full on like psycho thriller murder horror movie oh, and I'm wow. just like not going there, no thank you. <laughs> um, Anyway... Yeah, so let us know about that. I, I've not seen Friday Night Lights, and I know that I'm, like, meant to and stuff, but I, so I will do that soon. Um, but, like, all of those, like, other things, like Secret Life of the American Teenager, someone explained to me that because I don't really know what it is, and apparently everyone yeah. ever has been in it. Tell us what you've seen that we haven't mentioned, That anything you like? What would be your number one rec out of everything that you, like, watched, like, if you were going to be like, yeah, guys, watch this thing? Oh,
1: man. Um, <laughs> uh that's really hard because I I really kind of want to recommend something that like Dylan's been in just because I think like he has this huge career ahead of him and he's done a lot of really cool projects. But honestly, I th- I think I have to say Mortal Kombat because <laughs> I just I love that movie. It's so dumb and it's just so awesome, <laughs> and Lyndon is just perfect in it. So. I would say, yeah, watch Mortal Kombat. Okay,
0: my rec I think is gonna be White Frog because it's not very well known, but it's very, very good. Like it's, as I said, it's 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 a little little tiny bit heavy handed, but it's worth it. And um, if not Holland's episode of Cold Case, as I said, it's it's great as a standalone. And she's if you love her, she's just so cute that I can't even handle it. But um, yeah, White Frog is a really beautiful movie, and all of the guys in it are really talented, and it's. Um, it's got a really good message and it's really, really cool. And it surprised me and it made me emotional. It was really nice. So that would be my, my wreck out of everything that I watched. Road to Petition as well is beautiful, like very, very well done movie. But, yeah, so, I mean, we'll we'll try and watch some more stuff at a time, I guess, and maybe come back with another one of these, um, you know, next hiatus and see, you know, what, what we've watched then. Just to sign off, I mean, if you guys have been keeping up with us, um, on Tumblr, we've been having our weekly fanfiction recommendations, hopefully to keep you going um, with each pairing coming up over the, the whole hiatus of Brooke, Donya, and Courtney recommending a fanfic each of whatever pairing they've selected for the week. So that's kind of cool. I enjoyed the Scott Isaac one. I'm very, very interested in that dynamic. It's it's very fascinating to me. But, yeah, so that's the the big thing that we have going on online. Obviously news as it comes. We shall do a news episode. There hasn't been too much. They're filming. We don't know exactly what happened. There was a bunch of scenes with Daniel Sharman wearing a suit. He looks like a Mormon door-to-door salesperson. (laughs) I don't really understand, but he looks very nice, honestly. But we'll see. There's just some new photos posted just right now of Tyler Hecklin filming the baseball movie, so I guess he's doing that and maybe Derek won't be in the first couple of episodes or they're splitting the time. It's They're filming very close to each other in California, the the undrafted and tingle, so and he doesn't have to do any major like hair adjustments or anything, so perhaps it's not such a big deal uh, to just go one day to one and one day to the other. By we... day, baseball
1: player; by night, werewolf. Oh my
0: god. There's also <laughs> yeah, that that that'll work. Uh, we can make that work. Anything else that we've forgotten, like to mention or or that we should say before we go? I think we covered all the big ones. If
1: you guys want to talk about more stuff, definitely hit up Courtney, Brooke, and Danya. Especially Danya. Her list is like oh a my mile god. long. Donya's She's native. seen a lot of stuff. <laughs>
0: I don't know yeah. if she's watched it incidentally or if she's like hardcore researched like all the Teen Wolf stuff, but um, yeah, it's it's a lot. And um, oh, and, and as I mentioned this in a previous episode, J.R. Bourne has a cameo in Josie and the Pussycats. If you have not seen Josie and the Pussycats, you must see it immediately. His cameo is so funny and it is such a funny movie like it's it's such a good movie like um it's it is ridiculous but on purpose like it is very 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 clever and i loved it so yeah you must you must see it and he's so so funny uh, you know we'll stop thinking up random things to mention now and probably just let you guys go but um hopefully yeah you get to see one or more of the things that we've we've talked about and just let us know what you think Um, okay, it's it's quarter past one in the morning now, so I'm going to say bye-bye to Karen now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Ian Bowen, by the way, is also in an episode of Cold Case. I'm just thinking of random things that I was not able to access. But if anyone has access to this, I want to see that because it's in the 1940s, like with factory girls in the wartime, so that would be cool. Um, And he's also been in a bunch of, like, Young Hercules stuff. haven't seen any of that either, but I feel like that's something we should potentially look into.
1: (laughs) That could be hilarious.
0: Okay. I'll say bye now and we'll we'll just leave on the note of young Hercules, I think.
1: Yeah. All
0: bye right. guys. Bye. Watching if you want to sort of hang out with the cast. In the hiatus, the microphone just over. Yeah. I was <laughs> okay. gonna say whoa <laughs> So. And then you watched you've seen I, I pretty much assumed being that you watch everything that has oh hang on. <laughs> yeah, look the microphone stick thing is broken, so basically it falls down. But I'm leaning on okay. thing.